0: Bibles to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 is where we'll be using as a basis for our lesson this morning, and I want to give an illustration uh, as we begin this lesson this morning. I want you to pretend that you had a bank account, and every day you woke up to that bank account of having $86,000 in that account. But the trick to this bank account is that there is no balance carried over from day to day. You're allowed to keep no cash in your account every evening. Whatever amount of cash you have or money that's in that account is canceled. Whatever you did not use for that day. I want to ask, what would you do with that $86,000 that you had in that account? Drawing out every cent... Every day, of course, and adjust and using it to your advantage. Well, that, you don't have a bank account like that. You don't have a bank account where you wake up every morning, you have $86,000, you spend it, and then you go to bed and you can't use it anymore. But the next morning you wake up and you don't, you don't have a real bank account like that. But, there is such a bank account that you have and it's called time. Every morning it credits you 86,400 seconds for every day. Every night it rules off as lost. Whatever you failed to do to invest in a good purpose. It has no carry over balance. It can afford no overdraft. Every day it opens a new account with you. If you fail to use it for that day's deposit. It is lost. Is yours. There is no ongoing back. There is no withdrawal against tomorrow. Time is a valuable thing. Time is something That we all have. God has given us enough time to carry out for His plan. if something we don't have enough time. Is not something. It is not that God has given us enough time. But that we need to redeem the time that God has given us. You want to talk about the value of time. I want to give you different scenarios in which time is very valuable. You might be thinking. Is a year valuable is a whole year valuable? Absolutely, it is. If you don't think that one year is valuable, just ask a student who did not pass a course. What about one month? If you want to know the value of one month, ask a mother who gave baby gave birth to a premature baby. How valuable are those months? Very valuable. If you want to know the value of one hour, ask ask the loves uh, lovers waiting to meet. If you want to know the value of one minute, ask the person that just missed their bus stop. I mean, you think about it. There's a scheduled time to be at that bus stop. You, uh, you know, told, I think I told you all this story during Christmas when I went to Mexico. I missed my flight by about 30 minutes. You want know, to talk about the value of a half hour? That extra 30 minutes that I slept cost me all day in the airport, literally. Value of a minute. What about the value of one second? Ask the person who escaped death in a car accident. How valuable is the value of one second? And if you want to know the value of a hundredth of a second, ask the athlete who won the silver medal in the Olympics. How, value, how valuable is time? How value is it from one year to one month to one day and so forth and so on? You know, last week was daylight savings time where we adjust back to what I consider the good time, where it stays a lot longer and we can enjoy, enjoy the day longer, it seems like, and I don't go to bed so early thinking it's late at night. But what was the history of daylight savings time? It was not something invented, um, or not something thought of just during the war time. But it was something that was actually thought of and created by Benjamin Franklin in the early years, and it was finally imposed by law and during the World Wars uh, to enact to save fuel, to save daylight, so that they could use artificial lights instead of using the fuel that they would need to preserve for the war efforts. So that's why it was created. That's why we have Daylight Savings Time. Uh, there's bills that are put forth now to do away with Daylight Savings Time, but uh, we're not uh, fully passed from my understanding. So I want to use that, the, the idea of Daylight Savings Time, what we uh, just got out of last Sunday, as an idea for our lesson this morning. The Bible has a lot to say about time. You Think about James 4, verse number 14. Life is a vapor that appears for a little... Time and then vanishes away. Go over to Psalms chapter 90. See what the psalmist said concerning the value of time. Psalms chapter 90 and verse number 12. There the psalmist said, uh, which is a prayer of Moses here. And notice what it says. So teach us to number our notice it, days that we may gain wisdom of Heart. So the Bible has a lot to say about time. And our text that we're going to be looking at this morning, Ephesians chapter number 5, beginning with verse number 13, it has a lot to deal with time. Look at what the text says. Ephesians 5, beginning verse 13. But all things that are exposed are are made manifest by the light, for whatever manifests is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. Now look at verse 15. This is where it really... Uh, kicks in. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools as wise. Verse sixteen, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the Lord of the will is. And do not be drunk with wine in what is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. So as we look at this text, I want us to notice three points about redeeming the time. And what does it mean to redeem the time? How can we redeem the time? And so forth and so on. Number one, we can redeem the time by waking up. By waking up. Look at verse number 14. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you the light. Friends, Christians need to wake up. There is a series of books that J.J. Turner has wrote. I've read uh, the one on preaching. Preaching. And it is entitled, Wake Up Preachers. And then he writes another one, Wake Up Elders, Wake Up Deacons. And the idea is, hey, we are living in a world where the church is, is diminishing, where the church is going downhill, where we, where we are losing leaderships, like we talked about in our Bible class hour, and we need to wake up. We need sometimes a reality check. We, we sometimes think, well, the church is always you know, going to be fine, and things are going to be dandy, but friends, we need to wake up. We need to get out of that daydream. We need to be back in reality where we can see the world for what it is and that is a sinful and that they need the gospel and the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Go with me over to Romans chapter number 13. Romans chapter 13 and look at verse number 11. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. Notice here what Paul says concerning this. He's, he wrote the book of Ephesians and he, he is quoting from Old Testament there. Therefore, he says, wake up. But notice what he says here in Romans chapter 13 verse 11. He says, and do this, knowing that the time, that now is the high time to wake up out of your sleep. For now our salvation is near than when we first believed. And what is he saying there? Hey, we are closer to the day of judgment than when we became a New Testament Christian. Isn't that the truth? We don't know when the day of judgment will be. We don't know when the Lord is going to return. But one thing is for certain. We're closer today than we were yesterday. And because of that, we need to wake up. We need to understand, hey, the day of the Lord is at hand. We need to realize that every, that time is a gift from God. God has given us a gift and it is called time. Now God does not, uh, God invented time. We see that He invented the week. You, know, you see the days of creation. He has seven days. But God is not one that really keeps time, but He invented time. But He gives us time and we need to use it to His glory. How much time do we spend on things such as social media, entertainment, Different ideas that we like to do. Things that we enjoy, but we make excuses on why we can't be committed to Jesus. You know, you know, preacher, I, I would help out with that, but I'm just so busy. You know, you know, I, I'd be there, but I got, I, you know, there's just something else I, I'd rather do or something I'd rather be at. The issue is the commitment. The issue is, you know, hey, well, You know, I can go to church next Sunday. I can skip this Sunday. But that's a lie the devil wants us to believe. We need to be committed, fully committed. Because we don't have much time left. We need to realize that we need to wake up. Wake up and see the world for what it is. Let me give you four reasons we need to wake up. Number one, we need to wake up because souls need to be saved. Souls need to be saved. You know, we, we recently went through Rob Whitaker and the House to House School of Evangelism school and the training that was in that. And one thing that Rob continued to emphasize was the declining of the Lord's church and its members. You know, we, we were on a decline already and then COVID hit. How much more of a decline that it went through? It's a continual decline. People are falling away from the Lord's church. People are, are not coming. And we need to go to them. We need to go find souls that we can teach the gospel to because we don't have much time left. We don't know when the Lord's going to come. And because of that, we need to teach them the simple message of the gospel because souls need to be saved because we need to redeem the time. Number two, souls need to be made alive again. They need to be made back alive. I'm talking there about those that are Christians that have fallen away. Go with me to James chapter 5. I mentioned James chapter 4 earlier that life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. But go over to if the, uh, James chapter 5 and verse 19. We need to redeem the time because we need to find those who were saved that obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ that have fallen away. Notice what it says here in James 5 and verse 19. Brethren, if any among you wanders from the truth... And someone turns him back. Let him who knows that, that he turned the sinner from the error of his way will save a, multi, save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Friends, we need to redeem the time because of that. We need to find those. We need to encourage those. We need to confront those as we talked about this morning in a loving and a contrite heart to redeem the time because we need to make souls back alive again. We need to wake up because the day of the Lord is at hand. You know, we, we're, pre, we're talking in the life of Jesus right now. Jesus's message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're talking about the church was going to be established and it was in near distance. But one thing that is at hand now, and we don't know when it's going to be, there's not signs like the world teaches us. There's not going to be these different uh, signs because Matthew chapter 24 says that no one knows the hour, no one knows the day in which the, the Lord will come back for His people. We don't know when, but we know that it's near, and we need to be prepared because we don't know when it's going to be. Friends, we need to wake up because the day of the Lord is at hand. And number four, we need to wake up because our days are numbered. Our days are numbered. You might be, you know, you might be looking at me and say, oh, you're just a young person, but my days are numbered. We don't know when our life on earth might be over. And because of that, because of the idea of, hey, we don't know, we need to make the most of what time we do have. We need to use the time that we do have to wake up and get to work for the Lord. We need to wake up and evangelize and save the lost and seek and save the lost. Going back to our text here in Ephesians chapter 5, we need to understand we got to wake up. we got to wake up and see the world for what it is. got to wake up and see reality. But number two... We need to redeem the time by walking. Okay, we got to wake up, number one, but number two, walk, walk. Now look at verse fifteen through seventeen again. See then that you walk. That's where I'm getting this point from. That you walk how circumspectly. We're going to talk about what that means here in a second. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not walk. Be unwise, but understand what the Lord. Uh, Lord, walk. Uh, what? Excuse me. What the will of the Lord is. There's two ways I want us to understand we have to walk from this text. Number one, it's a diligent walk. A diligent walk. If you are very diligent about something, you know what you're going to do? You're going to spend time in it. You're going to give your efforts to it. You're going to give all your attention that you possibly have to that one thing. You know, Paul said to be diligent, right? 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. The King James Version there says... Study to show thyself approved unto God, but the New King James says, "Give thyself diligent to." What does that mean? Give attention to. Make sure you are giving your full focus to it. So here we understand this is a diligent walk. The first word here in verse number fifteen of Ephesians five is the word "see," and that word literally could be translated "observe." Open, you know. We talked about verse fourteen. Wake up, and the idea of waking up is see. Observing. So here in verse 15, the first thing we have to understand is we got to observe. we got to look around. And then what does he say? Then that you walk circumspectly. The idea of circumspectly is one that is a diligent walk. One that is an accurate walk. One that walks precisely. This is not just a casual stroll through the park, but it is something where we keep our eyes focused in on and not looking and getting distracted by other things. You know, it is that a, a casual walk, what do you do? You observe everything around you, right? You look at the flowers, you look at the river, you look at the pond. But a diligent walk does what? It keeps its eyes fixed on the prize. That's what Paul taught in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1 and verse number 2. Therefore, seeing that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us therefore look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And what's the idea there? we got to look unto Jesus. we got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And if we walk like Jesus walked, what will we do? We'll do just that. The, the same idea is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 27. Therefore we all run a race, right? We all run to obtain a prize. And the idea there is got to keep our eyes fixed on the prize. If we're going to walk circumspectly, we're going to walk accurately. We're going to walk with diligently. And that is to keep our eyes fixed upon the prize that is ahead. We're not going to get distracted by the things that are around us. We're going to stay in our lane. We're not going to get disqualified. And we're going to do that. The idea here of walking circumspectly is the idea of walking diligently. Somebody said this. It is to give attention to the way we walk in this work. Or to walk accurately and Precisely. I want you to think about somebody that is walking on a tightrope. How are they they to walk? They're they're doing it very carefully. to making sure they're keeping their balance. Because one little slight move, what happens? They're falling overboard. They're they're going down, right? They have to give a lot of the diligence. They have to give their full attention to it. They they cannot make the slightest mistake. In our Christian walk, we have to be like walking on a tightrope. We have to be very, very careful that we do that. We have to be careful because the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. We have to understand that temptation is all around us, James 1 and verse 14, that the devil wants us to, to draw us away when lust is conceived and give, gives forth birth, and it is sin. We have to understand those things that we are... To give a diligent walk. We understand there in James one verse fourteen the idea of drawing away is to purr to uh, to lure upon prey from its hiding place and entice is to catch by bait. And that's what the devil wants us to do. The devil wants us to get distracted. He wants us to walk just casually instead of diligently. Because once it gets our attention over here, what does it do? It's going to pounce upon us like prey, and it's going to pull us in like bait. And that's what the devil is going to do with temptation and things that surround us. Not only is it a diligent walk we have to do, but number two, it is a discerning walk, a discerning walk. Discerning means making sure you decide what is right and what is wrong. Notice how this text concludes here in verse 15 or verse 16. it says, "Redeeming the time because of the days of evil, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the word of the Lord is. The idea of discerning is saying, hey, this is wise, this is right, and this is unwise, this is not right. You know, the the story that we sing so many times at Vacation Bible School, the wise man built his house upon the rock. What was the wise man's foundation built upon? It was built upon the truth of God's word by hearing and doing it. And that's what he's saying here is saying, hey, we need to discern. We need to understand what... The word, the will of the Lord is. The idea of redeeming is to buy up and deliver from loss. You know, if you, if you see a coupon, what does it many times say on that coupon? Redeem your purchase at such and such. Whatever place it might be, right? You're, you're storing it up to be able to go, go buy to use that coupon for whatever you want to purchase. The idea of redeeming is to buy up to deliver. And time is not speaking of a clock, but it is speaking of a measure of a lot of time. We need to redeem the allotted time we have to be given in this world from loss. We need to use the time that God has given us to use it for His glory, to use it for His good. Go with me, to the Book of Job. I think one thing that Job understood, understood was time. Look at look at Job chapter fourteen. Job chapter 14. We're going to look at a few verses here in Job 14. We're going to look at verse 1, verse 5, and verse 14 to see this. Look at Job 1, verse 14, verse number 1. Notice what Job said here. Man is born of woman is for a, notice this, few days and full of trouble. Is this going to be an easy life? Job says no. It's not going to be an easy life. It's going to be one that's filled with trouble. But what do we have to do in that? We've got to walk discerningly. We've got to walk diligently. Look at verse number 5. Since his days are determined, since they are numbered, the the number of his months is with you. You have appointed his limits so that he cannot pass. Look at Job 14 and verse 14. Here he says, If man die, shall he live again? All the days of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. Friends, life is a vapor. Life is... Determined for us, we just need to use our time that we have to the glory that God has given us. Look at Psalms 39. Psalms 39 and verse number 4. Here it's talking about our days being numbered as well. Lord, make, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am? Friends, we gotta realize we are frail. We are human beings that have an end on this earth. But you know what does not have have an end? Our soul. Our soul is going to spend eternity somewhere with God and it depends upon what we do here on this earth. Look at Psalms 104 and verse 9. Psalms 104 and verse number 9. Here it says, You have set a boundary that you may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. Friends, once we leave this earth, we cannot return to it. Friends, we need to walk. And I'm going to give you five ways in which we need to walk for the application point of this lesson. Number one, we need to walk in humility. We need to walk in humility. We don't need to be prideful. We need to walk humbly before our God. Look over Ephesians chapter 4. Going back to our main text, um, Ephesians 5, go one chapter before it. All these points are coming from the book of Ephesians. He says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling in which you were called. So here we see the idea of walking. But how are we to walk? With all lowliness and gentleness, with, with uh, long-suffering, bearing one another in love. Notice, we are to walk with lowliness and gentleness. That is humility. We need to understand God is supreme. We are His servants. We are going to submit to our Savior. Into the ways in which he does that. We need to walk in unity. You look at Ephesians 4 and verse number 4, down all the way through verse number 13, there is one constant theme that is there, and that is unity. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father above y'all, who is in you all. Okay, you see those things there. We are, you need to be walk in unity. We need to walk like Jesus. Look at chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as their children friends if we are going to walk we need to walk just as Christ walked as God wanted him to walk you know i think i've used this illustration here before you see a father maybe walking in the snow or in the sand and what does the little boy try to do he tries to Im- Im- imitate that by walking in those same press footprints why they want to be just like Him. That's what God expects of us. Christ laid the path for us that we can follow after His footsteps. We need to put our footsteps in the footsteps of Jesus. We also need to walk in love. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2. And walk in love. But here He, he doesn't just stop there. He gives us an example. As Christ also loved us and given Himself for us as an, off, an offering to and a sacrifice for God for a sweet-smelling aroma. What, what does he do here in verse 2? He says, you're supposed to walk in love, and then he gives us the greatest illustration ever about love, right? He says, hey, God, Christ loved you so much that he gave the ultimate sacrifice for you, and that is his death upon the cross. And that's what he wants back. He wants us to love, walk in love and sacrifice ourselves, sacrifice our time to do things for His will so that we can walk circumspectly. And lastly, we need to walk away from darkness. We need to walk away from darkness. Look down to verse number 3 all the way down to verse 7. You see there are some, some very evil things, some very foolish things. He says fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, verse 4, foolishness, uh, foolish talking, uh, coarse gesturing, All those things, he says, you need to walk away from those things. Going back to our main text, he says, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the way of the Lord is. And one way we can redeem the time is by walking away from those evil things, by walking away from darkness. We need to walk away from darkness. I want to give you some ways in which you can redeem the time by walking. That is, making sure... We need to take time to pray. Spend time in prayer. Spend time talking to the Father, saying, Lord, help me to walk. Lord, help me to redeem the time. Make the use of my time to serve you. Let me make sure I'm sacrificing myself to you. Making sure we take time to worship like we are on this first day of the week. We need to take time to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. We need to take time to be holy because God said, Be ye holy is therefore... I am holy. First Peter chapter one and verse fifteen. We need to take time to study God's word because if we study God's word, guess what we're going to do? It's going to free. It's going to uh, help us not to sin. First, or excuse me, Psalm one hundred nineteen verse eleven. And we need to honor God with every minute of every day. So we've seen so far. Number one, we got to wake up, and if we wake up, we understand we got to walk. We got to walk discerningly. That is, understanding the difference between good and evil. And we've got to walk diligently, keeping our eyes fixed upon the prize that is ahead for us. But number three is we need to redeem the time by following the will of the Lord. So notice all three W's. We need to wake up, we need to walk, and we need to understand the will of the Lord. And this, this point can be found from verse number 17. It says, what the will, and we need to understand what the Will of the Lord is. The idea of being unwise is stupid or ignorant or not knowing. He says you don't need to be that way. You need to be wise. This is referring to a person who thinks that they know everything when in reality they know nothing. You know, there's some very uh, people that think they know everything. But they know nothing. And one thing that we need to know is what? Christ and Him crucified. That's what Paul said. He goes, this one thing I know is Christ and Him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 through 10. But we need to know that one thing. You think about, we're, we're, we're talking about this, these fishermen in Acts cha- or Matthew chapter 4 as they were called to follow Jesus. And as we see them going and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5, what's the one thing that's said about them? They were untrained and ignorant men. But they had what? Been with Jesus. You know what that means? They knew the will of the Lord. You might be thinking, well, it says they're ignorant. They're untrained men. Yeah, that's talking about because they didn't go to the prestigious schools. They didn't go to the scholarly schools. They weren't very smart in the vernacular. But one thing they did know was Jesus and His way. We don't know anything else. We need to know the way of the Lord. We look at Matthew chapter 7. There, as Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount, you see there in verse number 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the, what's the word there? Will. And that's, that's our point here in verse number 3. We have to, By redeeming the time is by knowing and understanding the will of the Lord. There in Matthew 7. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but who will enter into the kingdom of heaven? Those that do the will of the Father that is in heaven. And we see those that, that say, Lord, we did all these things for you, but still it wasn't good enough. And then he closes that that by simply saying, those that built their house upon the rock is those that heard their, the sayings of mine and does them. Friends, if we want to be wise and we want to do what the, word, the will of the Lord, we're going to study and do it exactly the way God wants us to do. Go over to Ecclesiastes. I want to close out this, ser- this sermon this morning by looking at the book of Ecclesiastes. When you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, we understand that Solomon wrote this book. The wisest man that ever walked this earth, uh, that was not Jesus. And there, I want us to notice the book and the purpose of this book. Notice Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 8. He says, Vanity a vanity, says the preacher. All is vanity. If you want a summary of this book, Verse number 8 is the summary. And what Solomon does is he goes throughout all of his treasures, goes throughout all of the world trying to find happiness, trying to find the fulfillment of life. You know what the conclusion that he says is? It's all vanity. It's all vexation of the Spirit. You know what that means, the idea of vanity or vexation of the Spirit? It just means grasping at the wind. All these things that Solomon goes through, all these things that he does, he says it's just grasping at the wind. Can you ever grasp the wind? He says it's useless. It's it's meaningless. You can't grasp the wind. It's vanity and vexation of the Spirit. But notice how he closes it out again here in verse number 13 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Since all these others are vanity and vexation of the Spirit, this is why he says, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or Evil. Notice there in verse 13. Fear God and keep His commandments. You know another way you could say that? Fear God, respect God, have a reverent fear towards Him, and do His will. Do what the will of the Testament is. I have one more passage on your handout there. Second Corinthians 6, verses 1 and 2. And there it's talking about time. It says that today... Is the day of salvation. Let me tell you friends. There's no better day. Than today. To make a decision. Well don't put off something that you can do today. Tomorrow. Now I'm the world's worst procrastinator. Okay. So I got to start living that. Okay. But don't put off. Something that you need to do spiritually today. Tomorrow. Because you know why? Tomorrow may never come. You may never see tomorrow. And we need to redeem the time by waking up, by walking in the ways of the Lord, and by doing the will of the Lord, as we've seen here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 13 through 17. Maybe you're here this morning and you have not obeyed the salvation of the Lord, because today is the day of salvation. You can come this morning by confessing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and of course you've got to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. John 8, verse number 24 if you don't believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. You've got to confess that with your mouth. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Matthew 10, 32 and 33. You must be willing to repent of your sins. That is to turn away from those evil things that we talked about. And be immersed in the watery grave of baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Acts two thirty eight. And you can see that over and over done throughout the book of Acts. Acts, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 8. Twice. Acts 9. Acts 10. 11. Acts uh, 16. Acts 12 18, you can see it over and over again throughout the book of Acts. And that's how they redeem the time, by obeying the gospel. But maybe you're here this morning and you need to repent of sins. Maybe you need to make a public confession of sin. Maybe you just need the prayers of the church because of something you're going through. And you can redeem the time this morning by simply saying, I need help, or I need to obey the gospel. And making a decision now to obey God. And do His will. If we can help you any way this morning, come now as together we stand and as we sing.